Your shelf or mine, where timeless questions are answered. If you have a cold hot pocket, is it just a pocket? If croutons are stale bread, why are they kept in airtight packages? A local podcast dedicated to entertainment and never following the plan. From the well-read minds of the Longview Public Library, your shelf or mine. Hello, and welcome to Your Shelf or Mine. <laughs> Good job. I'm Becky Standle, Youth Services Specialist at the Longview Public Library, and with me today is... Jennifer King, Youth Services Librarian at the Longview Public yeah. Library. Yay. So Jennifer is filling in today for Elizabeth because she is yurting. <laughs> She's having a great time in her <laughs> yurt, I am sure. Yurting it up at the coast. And um, we had Jennifer come in because she knows all about Scandinavian noir. 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 Noir, which is a category, right? Well, the category no. is Scandinavian books. So people don't have to read noir. Oh, because I know Scandinavian horror. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we'll cover it all then. Okay. <laughs> I don't know very much. I read this book. And then I read Adventures with Waffles. Oh, okay. That's a... I've mostly... I think I'm going to accidentally call some country Scandinavian where people will be like, that's not Scandinavia. That is... That's possible. Where's Pippi Longstocking from? Isn't... Isn't she Swedish? I don't... I think this book is from the same place that Pippi Longstocking is from, The Adventures with Waffles, which is a kid's book. And it was really different. I don't know very much about... That culture. That culture. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of something I realized reading this and also this other book I read recently, which is about Germany. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're just like jumping right in normally. We'll just back up a little bit later. But okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my, my ancestry is mostly like Scandinavian and German, and I don't know very much about those cultures. Right. And mine, I'm basically a mutt, but I do have some Dane in there. Yeah. Vikings, that's all I know. But So, yeah, it made me think, like, oh, I should learn more about this culture. Mm -hmm. Maybe eat some sausages. <laughs> Anyways, we'll okay. get there. <laughs> Frown at me. Waffles? I do like waffles. Okay, so Jennifer... For our audience to get to know you, I have some fun questions for you. And actually, Daniel came up with most of these questions. Okay. <laughs> so, he wants to know, Inquiring Minds wants to know, um, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Oh, definitely not. Oh. I love pineapple. It's just, I don't think it belongs. I don't think fruit belongs on pizza. Unless it's a fruit pizza. Which isn't really a pizza. Right. Exactly. You don't like 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 the little like spicy pepperonis and pineapple? No, but I mean it's so I, good. I can eat it. I mean, but no. Mm. No. All right. I mean I don't hate it. It's just You don't hate people who like it? No, people definitely have really not. Really strong opinions about it. Yeah. I like pineapple on pizza though, but we can still be friends. Okay, good. What is your favorite book? Or a favorite book? A favorite book? Wow. I think that I'm going to have to say Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Mm, okay. That's just the book that comes to my head. What do you that, love about it? I don't even know. I'm um, 
I just love the, I like the characters. I like the whole, you know, mythology and the deities and how it brings them all together. And it's just a good story. What did you think about the show? I never saw the show. I actually liked the show. Um, it's been a while since I've read the book, so I know they're veering from it. Mm-hmm. And they're, I, but, but I'm surprised at what they have kept to it. Then they've um, picked some really good actors to play the characters, and I'm enjoying it so far. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't started on uh, season two, which is just. Are they going like beyond the book? Um, I don't. No, I don't think so. Yeah, they're they're not they're not, not like done yet. Handmaid's Tale is. Yes, I, I haven't yeah. watched that show either. Yeah, another show that I'm looking forward to though is Good Omens, which oh, is yeah. uh, Neil Gaiman and um, Terry Pratchett mm-hmm. together, and that's got some good actors in. I think it's coming on Amazon Prime in May. Oh, that's soon. Yeah, yeah. I saw today that the Netflix is making a show about the graphic novel Pashmina, the kids' book. Did you oh. read that one? No. I felt like it was just okay for me. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of times when I read books, I was like, oh, this would have been cool if they'd really like done more with it. Yeah. This book could have been three times longer, especially sometimes with comic books. Yes. But, so I just heard that today. Do you have a favorite show? A favorite show. There are so many shows. Favorite show of all time. Oh, man, of all time. Um, if I just pick the first thing, it's going to be X-Files. Mm. You pick X-Files over Twin Peaks? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, I, the, yeah, these questions, my brain, yeah, not a good match. Too- but And choosing one thing. So choosing one book or choosing one show because X-Files was a big thing. Twin Peaks is major. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about how... So X-Files was big when I was a kid, and I, my brother really liked to watch it, but I it, I couldn't because it was too scary. Did mm-hmm. I tell you this before? I don't and know. a few years ago, I was like, I'm a grown-up now, and I can watch X-Files. And you watched the home episode. I just started at the top of the oh. first oh, okay. season. good. <laughs> I watched several episodes and then straight up had nightmares. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not grown-up enough to watch okay. this show. <laughs> you know the one... Where they are like up in the woods and it's like when it's dark, the thing is going to come and get them. Mm-hmm. It was that yeah, one. Yeah, that one's pretty creepy too. Yeah. Because I, and I think that's supposed to take place somewhere. It's either here. Oregon or here. <laughs> yeah. And it's filmed in, you know, in British Columbia. So mm-hmm. it looks like here. Yeah. And I grew up on the Olympic Peninsula. And so that one did yeah. creep me out. Because they're like, oh, we're running me, out of fuel. Yeah. Made me concerned about, you know, camping. And it was bit. because the loggers had cut down a tree and like right. inside the tree was some like alien yeah, thing. Something. Yeah, something. Yeah, parasite. And, but yeah. you could picture that, you know, it's like one of those old growth trees that's been out there for, you know, yeah. I guess when the aliens were here. Yeah. Yeah. Since then. So um, what's your favorite movie? Wow. My favorite movie. I. Wow. So I have favorite directors who's your favorite director i have favorite directors who are your favorite i love cohen brother movies okay i love david lynch sure um yes 
Oh, Amelie, that uh, Jean Junet. That uh, might that might be I, one of Amelie my favorite is ones. One of my favorite movies yeah. too. Yeah. Top five. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Blue Velvet, which is you know it's actually a horrible movie, <laughs> but um, it's like to curl up and watch Blue Velvet. Uh, Repo Man. I oh. loved Repo Man. It's another weird you mm-hmm. know independent you know Emilio Estevez when he was pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Emilio's movie's coming out this weekend. Oh, right. Did you see? I haven't seen anyone that's showing it in town. I keep looking. The public. The public. It's about li- libraries. Everyone should go see it. I've seen it already. But the Fort Vancouver Library is, um, I saw it at ALA Midwinter. Oh, right. Emilio was there, like three feet in front of me. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, whispered to my friend, I was like, what would you think they would do if I just jumped up and gave him a hug right now? And I was like, nothing, I bet. <laughs> For Vancouver Library is partnering with Kiggins and they're doing like special screenings. Oh, okay, cool. Like next weekend. I don't know. So I did see that. Um, what is your favorite kind of fried potato? My favorite kind of fried potato. Um... That's an oddly specific question. <laughs> There's lots of different kinds of fried potatoes. Though. I know. So, well, in Japan, they had these things called, they were like crow, uh, the, I think it was, it's supposed to be croquettes, like pa- potato croquettes. So it's sort of like a um, cross between a like mashed potato and hash browns because it was kind of crispy on the mm-hmm. outside. So those, but I like, I love all fried potatoes. I also love all fried potatoes. This is so um, Daniel came up with these questions. Yes. And he said, what kind of French fry? And, but I changed it to fried potato because French fry is its own special kind. Yeah. It's French. Well, because then you've got... But he was talking about curly fries or waffle fries, crinkle fries. Crinkle fries, steak fries. Yeah. Yeah. Or he says, um, what are those potatoes you have here? Joey's? And I said... Oh, Jojo's. Yeah. Oh, you know... <laughs> But when I was a kid in Port Angeles, there was a Shakey's Pizza and they had the, they were, I think they were called Mojo potatoes. And so they were um, sliced, like thick sliced potato rounds. And then they had some kind of seasoning on them. And then those were deep fried. Those were the best potato ever. And every once in a while I run into something that's similar, but nothing that's exactly like those potatoes. It's hard to choose a favorite fried potato. Yeah. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> okay. Would you rather always smell like a campfire or always smell like a freshly mowed lawn? Mm, originally, like when you first asked me if I'd rather smell like a campfire, I immediately said I'd rather smell like a campfire. But then I can imagine that that would get kind of tiring after yeah. a while. Like when you're sitting in the campfire and the smoke keeps blowing on you. Um, so freshly mown lawn as long as like the lawnmower fuel wasn't involved in oh, that i have an electric lawnmower so. oh, okay yeah <laughs> so i i think i'd go with the lawn i would go with the lawn too i like the way a campfire smells but then mm-hmm. like after you're camping and like two days later right. and you still smell like that yeah. it's just you're kind of yes yeah. yeah um would you rather have a cat-sized pet elephant or a guinea pig-sized pet gorilla elephant yeah obviously i think who would want a gorilla aren't they mean well if it was guinea pig sized i mean it would just be like a little but mean. and actually guinea pigs can be mean i mean not all of them but mm-hmm. there are some 
Yeah, and but elephants are nice. But cat-sized elephant. That'd be so cute. Yeah, especially if it could be furry. Like a mammoth, a woolly. <laughs> and then this is my favorite question. <clears throat> Would you rather have a car that didn't need any kind of fuel or electricity, but could only be powered by playing ABBA songs at full volume, or... Um, would you rather be able to fly around on a broom like Harry Potter, but it was powered by you singing ABBA songs at full volume? I, I would go with a car. I think I've asked a couple people this morning and right. that's what they've said too. Oh. Tell me why. Um, I think a broom would be uncomfortable after a while and it's really tiring to sing ABBA songs yeah. at the top of your lungs. <laughs> I mean, I can do it for a while, but I'd rather they do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely the car is a more practical choice because you would probably use your car more than your broom. Like you said, it's way easier to just play ABBA than to sing it. And it rains all the time here. I mean, yeah, but this is, I would pick the broom because okay. this would be my only opportunity to get a flying broom. Right. And I could, when I didn't want to fly my broom and sing ABBA, I could just drive my regular car. That was my, my guess for your answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, now's the time where we talk about what's coming up at the library. Okay. So not next week because this will be posted next week, mm -hmm. um, but the following week and into the future. Okay. I normally have my calendar, but I don't today. Just, I think we can touch on two main things. Right. Which is we are doing Messy Art Day. Yay. Yay. Third uh, year. It's Messy Art Day 3 mm -hmm. on Saturday, April 20th. Correct. And Messy Art Day is for little kids age like six and younger and their grown-ups. Um, we roll out butcher paper all over the floor in the auditorium and got we, a bunch of fun art materials. Yeah. Paints and shaving cream and glitter. Yeah. And you got new... Um, Jennifer got new cool like foamy rollers. Foamy rollers. Yeah. So we have paint brushes and you know, kids are free to use those, but we also find they like to use their feet and their hands mm -hmm. and whatever they've got. It's very messy and yes. great. So if you're coming, I would recommend bringing changes of clothes, at least for the kids, but maybe for you too. And um, to maybe put something down in your car, like towels or something too. But that, we'll have, like, wipes and stuff. Right. And that'll start at 10.30. 10.30. Yes. 10.30 a.m. In the auditorium. Yeah. Messy Art Day is maybe my favorite. I don't know. It's pretty fun. It's so fun. Yeah. I was going to say my favorite, but then I also really like. We do a lot like, of fun things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it monster. is fun because there's a lot of, uh, you know, babies and toddlers and little kids and just, you know, being creative and making a mess and. And the room gets very, very colorful, and it's just fun. Yeah. It's a good way to do spring. Yeah. And then the other thing that's happening at the library right now is that we're switching over our circulation, our checkout, and cataloging system from what we have now to Polaris. Yes. So that means that we are on a freeze, Yes. a purchasing freeze. Mm -hmm. So we're not getting any new materials right now until mid May is when we can start ordering them again. So they won't right. be coming until, I don't know, late May? Mm, probably. And um, there'll be some freezes coming up on, like, your holds in May, too, and some other stuff. So right. we'll be a little 
rough for like a week. Yes. Until it gets great. Yes. It's going to be new and improved. So a little bit of a transition period. We'll try to keep everybody alert to what's yeah. going on when. And thank you in advance for your patience. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and thank you. So my big news for this week is that I've been sad all week. Oh. Because oh. my favorite show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriends, last episode is tomorrow. And so yesterday, Jennifer and I invented this word. I asked her if there was a German word for feeling sad that your favorite TV show is being over. Keeping in mind that I do not know German. <laughs> so we made one up. And it says, um, let's see. I feel like this this episode is going to be a lot of us trying to pronounce words we don't know how to pronounce. Correct. Fernseher Ende Traurigkeit is the word we made up. Yep. So that's how I've been feeling this week. And also, like, I've been listening to a lot of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, like, music at my house. Mm-hmm. And it's all very, like, well, not all of it. M- much of it isn't really, like, safe for work type of lyrics. And But then I'll get them stuck in my head. Right. <laughs> and just, like, try not to sing them out loud. <laughs> I'm really going to miss that show. So, do, do you know, does she have any plans for anything post- Crazy she hasn't said as far as I can tell. Mm. So it's been four years and yeah, goodbye. And you saw uh, her, what's her name? Her real name? Yeah. Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom. You saw Rachel Bloom in concert. I did so. last year. And I'm so glad we went last year because when would I have been able to go again? Right. Never. Yep. Turns yep. out probably. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. I am sorry for your loss. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So Jennifer... Yes. Um, do you know why Swedish ship, Swedish warships have barcodes? Wow. Whose joke is this? It's everyone's <laughs> joke. Okay. It's to Scandinavian. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Classic. Okay. So let's just um, get into. So what, what countries are Scandinavian? quiz time well i have this nordic noir book list Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it lists authors from denmark finland norway iceland and sweden is that correct well i guess i don't know i don't know people are this is the little map i was looking up like scandinavian jokes Mm -hmm. and there was some joke about some country and then the immediate comment was that country is not right because I think one of those is not. Like I mean, Finland. even though it's I up there, it's yeah, Finland. and they're like, that's not, yeah, that doesn't count. And there, and there's kind of a stereotype that Finland, Finns are, are you know, very standalone. Oh, okay. There's a lot of, um, so like north of here, Lewis County mm-hmm. was really settled by a lot of Finnish immigrants. Did you know? Um, I'm not surprised. Would that be so? Is that like Polsbo is up there also? And I don't know. Yeah. I okay. Don't know. Well, because Astoria has their annual like oh. Scandinavian Midsummer. And, right. Well, and they fest. do that that play every year. Yeah. I went to that play a few years ago. It was weird. Okay. It was like it was good, but also like dated. All right. Like some of the jokes. It's real. It relies a lot on racial stereotypes okay. of Finnish people, but also like 
other people too. Oh, all right. And you're like, oh, yeah, tradition. Okay, <laughs> but it was fun. I, you know, right. And they yeah. do. Uh, I wish I could remember what it was called, but like you get like popcorn and stuff, and mm-hmm. then you're supposed to like throw, throw it, it at them when they tell bad jokes, and oh, it's like okay. interactive. Right. It's fun. Okay. So I know there's a lot of Scandinavian yeah. influence around, um, but I don't know. There is a big old, well, new, but like a really thick new novel coming out or just came out. I got a copy of Midwinter and I gave it to Daniel to read, but I 100% bet he hasn't even opened it yet. And it's about, I think about Finnish immigrants here okay. or maybe in like Hoodsport or somewhere Right, like that okay. login doing yeah. stuff, but it's like a one of those like a family epic. And I think it's by the guy who wrote that um Vietnam War novel that's really big and long. <laughs> Some book, I don't know. I'll look it up later. <laughs> right. I'll put it in the show notes or whatever. Anyways. So what what did what have you read recently? I just finished There There by um James Orange. Which was very good, very interesting. I feel like I need to read it again, though. It is a story told. Basically, each chapter is a different character in the novel. So you're learning the story through these different perspectives. And they're all um, basically urban Native American people. And talking about their experience. And it is all leading up to a big powwow that's going to take place in Oakland. And you know something's going to happen, but you don't know what the outcome is. And it's just very interesting because all of these individual stories of these, you know, I don't know, half dozen, dozen people are all intertwined. And it's just, it's a, it's, it's a good one. It's a, it's kind of, it's definitely a hard one um, to read, but um it's a, it was a quick read and a very, it, yeah, it was just a good, good book. Are you doing that with the book club? I'm not, although I was reading it to maybe possibly in the future. I don't think it's out in, paperback. in trade yet. So I had just started reading it and kept reading it and it was very good. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's one that I'm actually thinking of for them. And, um, what's the scandinavian book you read recently so i or are currently reading well you know i read one recently and then i'm currently reading another one by the same author and that is an icelandic author and her name is and i'm going to butcher it <laughs> um ursa sigurdardotter uh, sounds real to me okay um, she actually has, and I was, I was actually surprised that, um, cause I didn't realize that I had read something by her before. So the book that I, um, am currently reading now, I can't remember what the name is. Oh, it's the reckoning. Um, and so the reckoning is actually the second book. And I think there's only two books in this series called the children house, uh, mysteries or children's house series. And then the other series that she does is surrounds a lawyer named Thora Goodman's daughter, I think. And those those are those are pretty good. I actually like the children's house books better, at least so far, that because I've only read one of each. Are those murdery? They are murdery. Yeah. So murder kind of crime thrillers. Um, they she spends you know you. you 
you get to know the basically your main characters in the children's house there's actually more than one there's a the a woman that actually works for basically children's services and then um police officer although he's he had a higher he got actually after the events of the first book he got demoted and so he still works for the police department um she also got demoted for events that happened in the first book they also have a little bit of tension between them because before any of the the crimes that before the the first book started they had had a one night stand and he told her that he was a carpenter with a different name and then when this murder happened scumbag yeah <laughs> he meets you know they mm -hmm. meet and of course she's it's not it's yeah. very very awkward and his reasoning for you know because he thought that he would like she would like him better if he wasn't a cop he just wanted to be you know and he really didn't think it was going to go anywhere anyway so there's like this tension that's still running through as i start on the second book hmm. yeah and um i've read a couple icelandic authors another one is um ragnar jonasson and he does a series called dark iceland that i guess is pretty popular and his are more i don't know they're they're more classic mystery so far that i that i've read and he his are about young policemen who transfers from you know big city reykjavik which you know is really not a huge city goes up to i think northern like a tiny village in northern iceland that basically gets snowed in every you know so like he's he feels trapped it's dark up there you can't get out it's just snow and then this you know little murder happens and you know you're learning all the people that live in this little town um but what's interesting is that the author i think starting when he was 17 started translating agatha christie books oh, into yeah. icelandic and i think he did 14 wow. translated 14 books and so i think his style kind of Influence, follows. Yeah. yeah, so very, I don't know if that I'd call it a cozy mystery, but it's definitely, you know, you learn all the characters and um, it's just, yeah. And nothing, you know, particularly graphic or gory yeah. happening. There's just, you know, somebody's dead. Somebody in this town did, did it. it. Yeah. <laughs> a, a real, who, like a classic whodunit. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I read Blessed Are Those Who Thirst, which is, um, this title is from the book of Matthew. Okay. I don't know what it has to do with this book. I thought about that last night when I finished. I was like, why did they call it this? I don't know. So it's by Anne Holt, or mm -hmm. perhaps we would say her name differently. I don't know. And the character is Hannah. Mm -hmm. Wilhelmson? Wilhelmson. Yeah. And this one, so you, this is the second book in the Hannah Wilhelmson books. And I actually read the first one. And that one is called... Blind Goddess. Blind Goddess. I gave this one like two stars. Yeah. It was... Mm, did you like Blind Goddess? What it, 
I, I did. I didn't like it as much as some of the other <laughs> books all the that other I've ones. read. And I, and I, I felt like it was dated yes, a bit. It yeah, it reads dated. And I was reading like Goodreads reviews this morning and there are some people that are like, oh, this like stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. Just the typewriter is the only thing that makes it dated. And I was like, no, it is not. Yeah. I don't know a lot about life in Norway, but I hope it's not like it is in this book then. So this book takes place in May and it's like they're having a heat wave Mm -hmm. um, in Oslo where Hannah is the, she's a detective Mm -hmm. in like homicide. I don't know. The department is, has lots of things and they're having this like crime wave too. So they're saying like they've been, they have this backlog of like rape cases. People are being like murdered. The police department can't like keep up with all of the crime and then in the beginning of the book she is called to this scene it's like a shed or something that's just like soaked in blood but there's no body or any sign that the crime is more than like vandalism right yeah but um so they start to run tests and stuff but everything because they're so backlogged like all the the tests are coming back like kind of slow because like they need to test the blood to see if it's like human blood right, or what's yeah. going on. So, and then happens like on a Saturday night and then the following Saturday night it happens again somewhere else. And then, so that's going on and she's trying to figure out what that is. And then there's also uh, like a young woman in her early twenties who gets raped at her own apartment mm-hmm. by some stranger who comes in and attacks her. And that's, it like seems like it's two different things, but then it like comes together kind of at the end. Right. But Hannah has like a part doing her police work. And then the uh, young woman and her father both have like parts. Hmm. It's really weird to me. Like the writing style is kind of weird. Because normally, like when I read, I guess, American or British crime, it just, it seems more like first person, I guess. Mm -hmm. And this isn't. And... The way that she writes, and I like, I don't know if it's the translator or not, but it'll start like a, a chapter and it'll only use pronouns for like two pages to talk about somebody. Okay. And then it will say their name. Even if it's a person that you've been following like the whole book and the book is almost over, it's like, she did this, she did that, she did that, she did that. Detective Inspector Hannah Wilkins, you know, like. Right. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> It's a weird stylistic choice. Yeah, and I don't remember. Th- I mean, it's been a while since I've I've read that Blind Goddess, but I don't remember that. I would assume that it's the same translator, yeah. but... Anyways, and then they end up catching the guy, but then you don't really find out why he did it. Oh, that's disappointing. None of the books ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know if I would read another book by this author. Yeah. But yes, for sure. The character is kind of interesting. Hannah is a closeted lesbian. She's been with her partner for like 15 years. Right. But she's only like 33. So like since they were teenagers. But like nobody, she's like totally in the closet. Like nobody at work knows about her relationship. Right. And then kind of in this book, like it's like one of her cop friends does know and he kind of tells her, you know, like he does. But she she doesn't tell him he just figures it out. Right. So that's kind of like the first thing that made me think like, when does this book take place? It was written in or published in 94, mm-hmm. but there's this part where they go to 
one of the like side characters goes to Lily Hammer and they're talking about how it's like right before the Olympics. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm like, I know. And that, yeah. you know, I watched yeah. the show Lily Hammer. Right. Yeah. And, but also she has like a typewriter. I don't know. Like a lot of the phrasing is weird. Here's a weird thing. Um, so they're talking about how they have all these like backlogged rape cases and how like it's really hard to like investigate and prosecute rape cases. They, they don't use the phrase date rape. Mm. They call it self-inflicted rape. Wow. Isn't that weird? That is weird. So that's a that's a whole thing where I'm like, what? Is that a, yeah, is Trans- that a translation yeah. <laughs> or? And she does talk. She's like, oh, I hate that phrase. Right. Yeah. But it's also like, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. And the, the whole writing felt really like, what's the word I want? I don't know. Just like kind of dry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dry. A really easy word that was yeah. hard for me to think yeah. of. All right. Who's your favorite Scandinavian author? Like, <laughs> if I was going to read someone else. All right. So, um, what got me into Scandinavian? Well, I don't e- actually. I don't know. So, I did read Stieg Larsson's. Mm-hmm. You know, the girl who the what the millenni- millennial. Well, yeah, I never read those trilogy, which is now more than a trilogy. But he wrote the three books, right. and some of those. He delved into like finances and math and and Swedish politics a little bit, you know, more than, you know, you kind of had to like get through some of that to get into the story. But once you got into the story, they were those like, I can't put this down. I got to get to the next mm-hmm. book because it, you know, would basically you need to get to the next book. And so I read those three pretty quickly. Um, and then I saw... Uh, the Swedish movie Let the Right One In Mm -hmm. which is a horror book and that is Lindqvist I think I'm not I don't even know how to pronounce his name but it's I think uh, Ad no I'm not going to do it Um, but that author wrote a a bunch of very creepy weird horror books they're like monster horror books well, Let the Right One In is vampires. And it's actually a really good story. I don't know if you've seen, did you see, there's a, there's like a Swedish a- movie, there's an American remake, which was, which was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the Swedish one is set in um, 1980s Sweden, which was, I think, a, kind of a, you know, recession time. That comes up in this book, too. Yeah. The girl's dad is a dentist, and he talks about, like, he went to dentistry to be like rich right. and then uh, didn't. And there the was main, like a dental recession. And the main characters, it's basically their children, although one of the children is a vampire who's probably, you know, much older because she has somebody, an old man who's been taking care of her, you know, procuring blood for her so that, you know, she can survive so that he she doesn't go out and destroy citizens in the community. Um, so that's a really interesting story. But then he's also, he wrote one, what is it, Bringing in the Dead, or but it's about the people that just come back to life. So it's sort of zombies, Zombie. but, but it's not your typical, like, I'm a zombie and now I'm going to come eat you. It's just all these dead people are around and nobody knows why or what they want but it's it's creepy so he's got a few that are are like that um i think one of them is that as uh, it's star is more of a kind of a bad seed story but really really kind of creepy but yeah well these crime ones yeah and they are also really creepy yeah I mean, and as far as i 
Yeah, you know, and then um, um, Unesbo um, <laughs> is Harry. Norwegian. Yes, and his his uh, main his character his his detective is um, has an unfortunate name in English. <laughs> but you think like he must have known that it was like yeah I don't like know a joke. I don't Maybe. know. Well, you know that he also writes what is it, Doctor Somebody's? He writes the children's books. The one, Doctor Somebody's fart powder. Doctor Proctor's Doc- fart powder. Yeah, that's he, the same that's, guy. That's you, Nesbo. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So he must have done it on purpose. Possibly. So it's so- but it does <laughs> like in the the first book. So I actually started reading the series in the middle, and I don't know. There's probably I don't know thirteen books so yeah. far. So the snowman is like the most famous one. Yeah. And it's not even, I don't even, I'm not even sure it's the last one. Maybe it is, but, um, but snowman, they made a movie out of mm-hmm. and yeah, he, he's, he's his Harry name. Hole yeah. The, he's, he's Harry hole in, the movie. in all of the books. But if you read the first book, which is called the bat, it um, mostly takes part place in Australia um, and Harry is sent to Australia to help investigate uh, disappearance, murder of a Norwegian citizen in Australia. And he does try to correct them when they call him Harry Hole. And so I think the correct pronunciation is something like Hula, but um, he gives up. He gives up trying to. And it seems like uh, Yo Nesbo also gave up. Yeah, and I think I think yeah, <laughs> I think the author author gave up too. But um, there are so many books, and uh, Harry is a you know deeply flawed but very likable character. The books, some of the books that you know, especially after I've read so many of them, it's like how many life threatening situations can he get himself into in one book? But, you know, they're pretty exciting and, and it is a it's a view of of Swedish or Norwegian, sorry, Norwegian culture. And um, I kind of like that. I like the, you know, just getting little little glimpses of, you know, he talks about the scenery and the weather and, you know, just how how things work there. And, and it is interesting to read. To me, it was interesting to read like a crime book that takes place in a different country whose laws are different like there's this part right. where they're like in interrogating this guy they think is the killer and in he, he's like do I need a lawyer and they're like do you right now we're just interviewing as a witness and like mm. you don't you know need a lawyer and you're not like entitled to one but you can leave if you want to anyways and I was like hmm. yeah they really like lay it on like if you're even asking then you're super guilty right we know you did it <laughs> which I guess is kind of like similar to um crime drama here but yeah yeah cool do you have any other nordic recommendations so we did nesbo um that scary one i think i have read um uh this uc adler olsen is a danish author and netflix actually is it netflix it's not streaming. I think I got them as Netflix discs. Ooh, um, old school. But they have made they've made a series of those. And then what's that other one? There's another show. Yeah, and they've made a British version. And there's is it Wallander? That sounds like something I've heard of. Yeah, and I I I'm gonna guess. I think that's Swedish, and I think that's 
that that's another kind of role you know you got the wallander character and i think i i don't know i i haven't read any of those yet but i'm not sure that it's one that i really want to i feel like it's more kind of traditional you know there are a number or there were um it seems like like netflix kind of goes through like trends Mm -hmm. of the things that they have like it seems like now there's like a lot of k-dramas and stuff on on netflix yeah but um for a while they did have a lot it seemed like a lot of scandinavian shows there were a few iceland you'd think like like all the crime going on in in iceland (laughs) Um, i don't want to go there yeah (laughs) although i want to the book that i that i just started the ursa um sigurder daughter (laughs) the reckoning um they mentioned that there's a Wikipedia page that has a list of like anyone that's ever been murdered in Iceland, which so it's, like it's, a, short it's, list. it's a short list. It's interesting. So this book was written in there. I don't know if that actually exists. Yeah. Well, you can look it up. <laughs> this, this book that I read. So it has a quote. It's kind of covered by the library barcode from Yo. Yo. You, you, I think Nesbo, Nesbo. that calls um, Anne Holt like the mother of Norwegian crime fiction. Right. She was writing, yeah, way before, and then this translation came out in like 2012 or something. So it was way later, right? Anyways, she does talk about like it's so weird that this crime wave is happening in mm. Oslo. Serial murders—that's just something that happens in America, <laughs> right? You, but you know, in the UNESCO books too, they talk about because he, at, I guess, at some point went to a like an FBI training or something on serial killers, and it's like, oh, could we have a serial killer in Norway? So that still is still happens. Yeah, I guess it's part of our culture. Yeah, nice, great. Yeah, yeah. But you're into that stuff. I mean not murdering right no no but like i just had a notification from stitcher on my phone that's like you should listen to this podcast about the zodiac killer have you oh. listened to that i don't remember what it's called um Might have just been called, like, i don't think i listened to that one i listened to one about it was actually really interesting to me because i wasn't really you know an adult or even a well i might have been alive um for the boston strangler oh when that mm-hmm. was happening and just you know, young women that were were around then, how they were behaving, mm-hmm. and and that they don't even know if there was just one strangler because the mo for these different, you know, because sometimes there were young women, but there were also these older women, and anyway, it was just it was interesting, but you know, yeah, I like true crime stuff. Yeah, sometimes you're it's like you really just you need to take need a break. To definitely need to take a break. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like too much murdering. Yeah. 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 Keep it over there. Mm-hmm. Then you'll need to pick up a really nice Scandinavian book mm-hmm. like Adventures with Waffles. Mm-hmm. Or I read one last year. It was a teen book and it was called, I think it was called Happy Feels Like This. And it was like, like a dual, it was a YA book and there's like really small like subgenre of way that are about like teenagers befriending old people. And it was one of those. And I, I like those kinds of stories. So mm-hmm. she, the main character is a teenager. She's kind of like a loner and she ends up befriending this old guy who he was a teenager um, during like world war two. Mm-hmm. And they become friends over music because he was like a jazz musician and she's really into music. And so it's like, it goes back and forth between like, 
um, her time and his youth. And it was really nice. No one was murdered, I don't think. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a Swedish book. Yeah. And then What's His Face, who everybody loves right now. Which? Who wrote um, A Man Called... Oh. Uva? I know who you're talking about. Uva? Yeah. They're making an and American version of that movie, too. Okay. I think and is that the same one about um, the 100-year-old man who climbed out the window? And disappeared. Is that like a novella? No. Um, I don't know then. Okay. Because he has a couple of books. Like my grandmother told me to tell you she's sorry. Something like that. And then some novellas. I read one called. No, I don't remember. But they do kind of have long names. Yeah. The 100 year old man who climbed out the window and disappeared um, by Jonas Jonasson. Oh, what a great, uh, what a great name. Yeah. But that's a, um, and that is, I believe, Swedish. So that would go under there too. I know that Elizabeth highly recommended that book. Oh, okay. So. So there's just like a lot of different ways you can go with these Scandinavian set books. You could go murdery, which is mm-hmm. where we've gone. Or you could go wholesome. Mm-hmm. Or you can go horrifying. The Man Called Ulv was written by Frederick Backman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Backman. Backman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very popular. Mm-hmm. Feel good stories. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't want to read about murder, about mm-hmm. rooms filled with blood. Right. This book, though, even though I did say, like, I didn't really like the writing, mm-hmm. it has, it opens pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just talking about, like, the first paragraph is, like, how hot it is and, like, what a nice, like, spring heat day. Right. It says, it was so early, not even the devil had managed to put on his shoes. Blah, blah, blah about the weather. Detective Inspector Hannah Wilhelmsen wasn't thinking about the weather. She was standing completely motionless, motionless, wondering what she should do. There was blood everywhere. everywhere. Blood. Yeah. So it's sort of like a cool, intriguing start. Mm-hmm. And then the Ragnar Jonas and the Dark Iceland, those are more sort of Agatha Christie-like. Yeah, so kind of there's murder, but there's not, you know, just spend a lot of time, you know, delving Describing into it. the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the graphicness of Yeah, it. this like, book gets pretty yeah, graphic. Yeah, and I think like the Harry Hollet series, <laughs> I mean, some of those, I mean, there's some pretty, I mean, after I think 13 books, you have to create some pretty um creative unique ways of killing people so it's um yeah gross yeah un- un- unpleasant. unpleasant do they so like i said in my review of this one that they don't like they don't talk about like why he did it it's implied just maybe that he's like racist and mm. that's why, but it's okay. like a really, I like the, like the crime books that really like kind of tell you like what's going on in mm-hmm. their heads. Yeah. There's like this one. Have you read any like Meg Gardner books? I don't think so. She, I think she's American, but she I think lives in England, but mm. she writes about San Francisco. <laughs> and one of her characters in one of their crime series is a forensic psychologist and that's how she solves crimes. So it's very like, you know, mm-hmm. like criminal profiles. And right. I think that's yeah. really interesting to me. How like are the Harry Hole books? <laughs> do they do like what? Tell me more about them, please. I 
I think they do because they spend time, um, you know, not identifying the killer, but you do spend a fair amount of time with the killer and learning about how they think and, you know, their plans and what they're doing and kind of their history in, in some of the books. But yeah, you usually, you know, by the end, you know what the motive was and why. And um, so they're satisfying in that way, too. Good. Yeah. That's what I like. So let's see. Next time, um, Elizabeth and I are going to talk about a book with the main character who is an immigrant. Immigration was kind of a big part of this this mm-hmm. book I read, too. In the early 90s, they I apparently um, had a lot of asylees coming mm-hmm. into Norway from Iran mm-hmm. and other Middle Eastern mm-hmm. yeah. um, Asian countries. So I guess I learned a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. Have you read any immigrant books lately? Yep. I'm trying to think. I feel like I have, but off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Yeah. I have to look at my Goodreads profile. I think I haven't really 100% decided what I'm going to read for this one, but I was thinking there's a book that came out last year called Americanized about a girl who um, learns when she's a teenager or maybe like in middle school that she doesn't have a green card Mm -hmm. and she's Persian too. And it's the book is uh, like a memoir. I think she's like in college now or something. So she's still pretty young Mm -hmm. talking about like that process and, and learning that about herself and growing up that way and well, then actually finally getting her green card so it's interesting for page turners the um library book club we are currently mm. reading um the distance hey. between us which is a memoir <laughs> by reina grande who i has written novels um, but this is about her experience and mostly it's it's more of a view of you know Mex- Mexican immigration from the point of view from the of the families and the children who are left behind when the adults come to the United States to you know work work yeah and she eventually does come over herself but um, when when the story the her memoir starts it's her mother is leaving to join their father because he has, you know, asked her to come. So now the children are being sent to live with their grandmother while she goes away. In the the town or the village where they live, it's not uncommon for the fathers to go away and never come back. You know, so you don't know. They you know they go up there and then they find a new family or. Or you don't know what happens yeah. to them. And so, you know, if you've got both of your parents leaving, it's kind of nerve-wracking. Yeah. For, you know. That sounds interesting. When are you guys talking about that? April 22nd. So it's uh, the fourth Monday of the month at 7 p.m. And you do have some new copies? Yeah, there's some copies up there. I know we have a copy in the collection. I didn't, I haven't looked on Washington Anytime Library yet to see if we've got Probably. If there are some available, but there should be. Yeah. yeah. That sounds really cool. Do you have anything else to say? I've been talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> are you tired? Uh, no. Fern, Zerende, Tragen, Kate. <laughs> I guess that's just going to wrap it up for us. It seems like it's been pretty quick. Maybe I just haven't been talking very much. Um, You've been listening to your shelf. Or mine. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye.
Studio time for your shelf or mine, donated by KLOG, Cooking Country, and 101.5 The Wave. Your local stations are proud to support the Longview Public Library and your shelf or mine. Uh, hello, this is Becky. Becky, Becky. Becky with the good books.